Hello, good morning. Good morning, unscripted watchers and main channel watchers. I am pleased to today to have my favorite drone pilot, my favorite dude, became a good friend of mine, Jake Sloan. Yo! Hi, baby. I feel overexposed. <laughs> there, that's better. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate Thank it. Oh, thanks for having me. Big Q&A. And hey, well done. I've been uh, beating <laughs> on Jake all in fun about his drone course. Very basic, like, how do you fly a drone? How do you do things? And I think it was just last night or yesterday, he got it done. And I was like, yeah, baby. Well done, man. First question. What drone should I buy? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one I've got affiliate links for in the description. Uh, <laughs> no, I, man, that, yeah, that question gets asked a lot. I think anybody who reviews stuff on YouTube, probably that's like 50% of the questions that get asked. What, what this should I buy? And uh, I always start by asking, you know, what, what, what are people's end goal? What do they want to use the drone to do? Because there's usually a couple of different levels where, you know, like this drone, which is, the Mini 2, actually, is one of my favorites. It's just little, it's inexpensive, and it fits in your camera bag. It's like this, like it's the smaller than my cup of coffee, which, by the way, is Kaladi Brothers. Yeah. Really, really great coffee company. Affiliate uh, link below. We don't <laughs> Coffee affiliate link below. Um, but for most people, like, this is great. But if somebody wants to track themselves, like they're, you know, snowboarding or doing something like that, mountain biking, then they're going to want a different a version that tracks. For most people though, I the, the Mini 2 I think is probably one of the best drones that people can buy. It's inexpensive, it flies well, captures great footage, good photos, and it's just super easy to pack with you. Plus, I think just about every country in the world, you don't have to register it or end, or you don't have to get a special license to be able to use it, which is a big plus for a lot of people. Yeah, had a DJI Mini Pro something or another, and actually I sold it. So this guy right here <laughs> and uh <laughs> then i ended up buying the mini 2 in december to take with me on my aruba trip i love this thing i freaking love this thing it's easy i've only smashed it into something like six times and i'm not sitting there with a two thousand dollar drone going ah if you're just getting into droney the mini 2 i do yeah just because it's it's inexpensive. Regardless of how capable the drone is, you're likely going to crash a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, and so starting with something that's less expensive, it hurts a little bit less if you do crash. And I, I mean, I've crashed this thing a couple of times, you know, other than like some broken props or some stuff like that. It replaced those and it flies fine. But, you know, you, you could, in theory, crash it to the point where it's not going to come back. or something. And I've crashed a couple of times like that, too, where <laughs> some of my drones are still out there, found their final resting place. Part of some of my jobs is flying in high-risk areas, so some of the, that's a risk. Sometimes those drones don't come back. But, yeah, I, I recommend this thing. It's a, great, it's a great little drone. I'm consistently surprised at how well it flies. And even in wind or adverse conditions, it just it does great. Yeah, when I was in Aruba, I found out there's always wind there. It was like 25 or 30 mile an hour winds. And I'm looking at this thing going, and then I'm looking at the phone and it's just flying along like this. 
Yeah. And it's sitting there in one spot, it's but going, it's, it's like this just to stay level or stay straight, stable. And the footage was mind blown. It blew yeah. my mind. I was like, to hell with my, no, I'm going to diss everybody. The hell with my camera stabilizers. I'm just going to lob this thing up <laughs> in the air. Hey, here's a question and a good segue and give everybody time to get some coffee and really enjoy stuff. What makes someone an expert? Hey, Kaladi Coffee. Hey, Kaladi Coffee. We've been tweeting you and Twittering you and stuff like that, and you don't even come back at us. We'll still drink your coffee. Man, you got good coffee, so <sighs> such like, good pay coffee. Pay us money to That's do right. A, you, they, to do you, a they need sponsor. to sponsor you. Yeah. yeah, and you too. Back of coffee on the back of a drone. Woohoo! <laughs> <clears throat> Here's <sold>. a question. <laughs> What makes someone an expert? Okay, I'm going to apologize for the quality of the video that I'm going to show you right now. But let me show you what makes someone an expert. Check this out. Grab your coffee. Enjoy. Here you go.
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what makes a drone expert. <laughs> that's, that's really beautiful, dude. I didn't have another clip where you're doing the FPV stuff and oh, yeah. flying through stuff in gymnasiums. Can you explain what the difference between a regular drone... Like when I first started this, connected up to you, I was like, what is an FPV drone? Can you explain that to people who are new to this, please? I can. In fact, I brought visual aids. So this is, uh, uh, this is the smallest of what you would call a GPS drone or, or a stabilized drone. So these are the most commonly known one is made by DJI. Um, the Mavic, the Mavic Mini, the Mini 2, the DJI can't get their naming conventions straight, but whatever. Um, and this drone, basically, it's fairly simple to fly. You you take off. It will if you let go of the sticks, it'll hold its position and kind of sit there and wait for you to do something. And the whole goal of it is to capture really smooth, really steady video most of the times where the horizon stays perfectly level all the way through your shots. You know, and you can tilt the gimbal down and get angles like that. So that's that's a normal what we call a GPS stabilized drone. An FPV drone, now there's a commercial option available, but generally they're, you, you build them or you, you buy ones that are built by somebody. And the whole point of this is to go fast. Uh, they started out as racing drones and then people started sticking GoPros on them and, and capturing footage that way. Uh, and, and now I've got one that will carry a red camera um, because I've been hired a couple of times to do jobs where they're like, no, we want to do this, but with a red camera. And I'm, you know, okay, if you sign a waiver that says I'm not responsible for the red camera, fine. These fly really fast and everything about them feels more like you're flying an airplane. The other differences with these is that you are, you are flying them with goggles on. And what you see is coming from this camera here. So FPV stands for first person view, which means you you feel like you're sitting right here flying this drone at high speed. The other difference is that, so the footage is very different. The horizon's tilting and moving, you know, be more like you would be if you were filming from an airplane or a helicopter. And then one of the other differences is this typically gets about like three to five minutes of flight per battery, whereas this will get 25, 26 minutes of flight per battery. So in a sense, they're like it's you know it's using a gimbal uh, and using a POV camera, a point of view camera, where like a GoPro just strapped on you. It's it's really high energy, lots of movement, really dynamic. Where this is can be a fair amount of movement, but it always has this really smooth, stabilized sort of feel to it. That's the difference. The other difference is that this is 100% dependent on you, the pilot, to keep it in the air. There's no like automated. You know, you can't let go of the sticks and it'll just sit there. It'll just fall like a rock out of the sky if you let go. Wow. Hey, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> These things are so super stable. Watch this. I haven't done all of Jake's course yet, but so I haven't practiced. Check oh that boy. out. See now, oh, I guess not with the Mini 2, you have to use one of the larger drones, but they make a controller called, with a smart controller that has HDMI out, you could be live streaming. That could be like a, a C camera for you. If really? You had a, but it'd have to be a bigger, it'd have to be a bigger drone. It's Oh man. All right. You know, I did a test of this. Look at, I don't even know the controls yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have right. a section in my course <laughs> built just for you, Kevin. We're landing. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> okay. I uh, 
was testing this out. I went through your course, which is awesome, by the way. All like so important if you're going to get into drones. And I started flying this thing and I was like, what the heck? Maybe I can start this thing up during the live stream. I was playing around and I hit the stick wrong and it bashed right into this C stand. Oh, jeez. Like, dude, <laughs> I need to stop that. Anyway, I said I was going to do that and I did that. Let's check out the comments. And in the meantime, could you explain the ins and outs, the yes and no's, the must and must nots of this? Because many people in here may not know about this. This part 107 drone license stuff. Yes, I can. And just just to be clear for everybody, like the course that I put together is not a it's not a course teaching you how to how to get a part 107. There there's quite a few people out there who do that really well already. And frankly, it's a it's a fast evolving space, and so they're constantly updating to keep abreast of what the FAA is doing and um, the governing body, at least in the United States. So in the United States, if you're going to use your drone for what the FAA says is in furtherance of a business, which is the broadest possible terms to basically say, uh, if you're if a business is using drone footage to make money in like almost any way, then that would be considered in furtherance of a business. Then you need to get a Part 107, which is basically like a pilot's license for drones for drone operators. So I have a Part 107 because I use drones a lot in my work, in my workflow, um, both on YouTube and on other places. So that's kind of the gist of it. I encourage anybody who really wants to get into flying drones or wants to fly drones a lot, I encourage people to get their part 107 either way. It opens up uh, certain opportunities for you to be able to fly that um, not having it doesn't. It also, of course, opens up the fact that if, if you captured some really cool footage and you wanted to sell it as stock footage, you can do that. Uh, and, and it teaches you a lot about airspace management, places you can fly. Now, in the course, because this course is really aimed at people who, like, they just went out to Best Buy and bought a drone or they got one for Christmas or whatever, I do cover some, some of the stuff that... Uh, especially I see people not doing is like they go out and buy a drone and then they find out they can't fly anywhere near their house because they're right next to an airport or they're in a restricted airspace of some sort. So I do cover ways like the first flight you want to go and take is you want to go out and do it in a big open space so that you don't hopefully crash a bunch. And as I go through ways you can go and find places that you can fly legally, safely, and not have any issues um, at least as far as the FAA is concerned. But so the part 107 license is needed for anybody who wants to fly a drone and make money with it in some way, whether it's selling footage or even in theory, posting drone footage on a monetized YouTube channel falls under that. But it's that's one of those kind of gray areas. But it, you technically should have a part 107 if you're posting drone videos to a, a monetized YouTube channel. But if you're like if you're just going and posting videos on Facebook for friends and family, you're putting it on your Instagram just for fun, that kind of stuff, you don't necessarily need a part 107 for that. Is it a hard test? Like, is it like, um, okay, when starting your drone, don't fly it into your face? Or is it like all these 
pilot. Well, there are questions like that. <laughs> but it's phrased like it came from the government, so it's like, you know, uh, more confusing and convoluted than that. But uh, yeah, there's questions like that. I studied for it for like maybe eight hours and then took it and passed with 88%. Especially if you take some of the, like there's like Remote Pilot 101 and there's a few others out there that, that basically, you know, they, they take you down a, a whole thing where they take you from the start of you've never even thought about airplanes to you you run through everything you need to be able to go and pass a test and i think most people that i've seen have been able to go and like study for it for a day or maybe two days if they split it up and then go and pass the test with like i don't know what they say their rate of accuracy is like 99 percent pass rate or something like that it's pretty high so it's not super complicated. The hard thing for most people is looking at, because they do want you to be able to look at a chart of airspace and be able to read it and understand it. And once you kind of grab a hold of, you know, the way, it's like map reading. Once you kind of grab a hold of the way they're writing stuff onto the map and, and what the different symbols mean, then it's it's pretty straightforward. A couple of days and, and you could pass it and have your part 107. And then once you have it, um, the nice thing is it's every two years you go online and you take a, a test that's just online and it's really simple. It's not a test, but it's like a, it's a recurrency thing that where you go through and they just, they ask you some of the questions and make sure you still know what you're doing. So then you take this 107, you pass it. Now you have your drone license and then every two years you basically re-up kind of like a driver's license. You get it renewed. Yeah. Yeah, very similar. And the same thing happens for manned aviation pilots. Every two years, they take a check ride with a certified instructor, and that certified instructor signs off that, yeah, they can still fly a plane safely, and they're not going to crash if, as soon as they take off. And <laughs> it's one of those things where airplanes and stuff like that can cause a lot of damage. If, same thing with cars. If somebody shouldn't be driving, they really shouldn't be dri driving. Yeah, if they can't why. see the road, then they probably shouldn't be behind a wheel. That's why and, they take a driving test. So, That's right. Cool question here. Michael Finn, he's a wildlife photographer. Hi, Jake. I have two questions. I have a Mavic Mini, and I'm wondering if the new version is better in the wind than the original, and how far away do you feel comfortable flying it? So the new version is quite a bit better in the wind, substantially better. I'd say it's probably like 40, 50% better or more, maybe even actually it's, it's a lot better than I didn't get the original because of how little wind it could handle and also because how far away you could fly it. So the new, the mini two has a new different control system. That's basically the same as like the bigger Mavic Pro to the Air 2. And so you could fly it away from miles away and have no issues. You shouldn't. You're supposed to keep it within your line of sight. So, you know, half mile to a mile out is probably about as far as you can go and still see the drone. I've flown mine that far out with no problems at all. It's got a really solid control link. And yeah, in the wind, you sit there and you watch the thing and it's tilted over like this, bobbing around. <laughs> and and you're like, but the video coming out of it still is perfectly perfect. stable and great. And uh, yeah, the first time I took mine out to fly it and film the video I did about it on my channel, like there was times where the gusts would hit the drone and I would watch it go like this and then go like this as it like compensated for the wind. And then it would, I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is a great, Great it little drone. Blew my mind. Trevor Bagwell. Several channels reported getting in trouble with FAA over YouTube drone footage without 107. See, I just say this because, not that I'm a pessimist, but I hear all blah, blah, blah about all sorts of different things. 
And usually in the end, I trace it all down and it's like, okay, whatever. The guy was like, you know, smashing his drone into people's head. Um, <laughs> can you get in trouble doing YouTube videos and flying a drone in them? Yes and no. That's a loaded question. <laughs> That's like saying, yeah. can you get in trouble if you're speeding? So I'm sorry. Right. I'll retract exactly. that question. It's like you know, if it's the end of the month and the cop hasn't hit his quota, then yeah, you could get in trouble. Um, no, so with the with the FAA, a lot of the channels that have reported that trouble is they have been flying in ways that are illegal, and uh, and one of them he got or is getting fined uh, like one hundred eighty thousand dollars. And if you look at it on the surface, you're like, well, dear lord. But in his case, he was live streaming himself doing things that are totally illegal. And the FAA yeah. sent him and tried to contact him multiple times over the course of like nine months, and he ignored all of it. That's what I meant. There's usually some story yeah. behind it. My YouTube channel got shut down, and YouTube sucks, and you find out they're streaming bad yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. And they're flying, you know, like in the rain over people way beyond around buildings where they can't see the drone, and they don't really, you know, I mean, it just... It's all kinds of stuff like that. So, but if you're if you're filming with a drone and you're posting it on your YouTube channel, but your YouTube channel isn't monetized, then you're you're fine. It's even stricter in some aspects of Canada. Need registration and license to fly anything over twenty five grams? Really? I think he meant to say two hundred fifty grams because that's that's the limit even in Canada. Uh, that's why also why I recommend this drone is so great because it's. It fits underneath a lot of those requirements, stuff like that. I know a company in Canada that is commercial and they have like 20 of these because they still have to get their commercial license to fly, but it's just so much simpler to deal with the regulations on this drone than um, bigger drones. So they just fly a whole bunch of these most of the time. Yeah, so that's that's another reason I recommend this is this, this makes it much easier. You don't have to register it in the United States with the FAA to go out and fly it because it's under 249 grams. My brother, when I first bought it last December, then I went and visited him and my mom for Christmas and stuff. He also bought a Mini 2. And what fun. He went out to the FAA or someplace where you pay five bucks and they give you a license and a number and you paste it on your little drone whether you need it or not and you're legit. Here's an interesting question. I take my Part 107 exam in less than a week. I know the remote ID thing isn't necessary, but will it be in the Part 107 exam? They're doing this thing where they want to put remote IDs in addition in a year or two, I think it is, so they can identify who you are, where you're flying, so you're legit. What do you think about this one, Jake? Um, yeah, there'll be questions about remote ID in there because remote ID also ties into flying at night, some of the new flying over people rules. So there'll be there'll be a few questions in there, but not a lot. Most of the questions on the first part 107 test are about sectional charts. So make sure you really understand how to look at a sectional chart and read it. And then also how to look at METARs. They're called METARs, and it's it's the way the FAA spits out weather information in a really weird coded format. Make sure you understand how to look at those and understand what's going on, because that's most of the questions in the first Part 107 test. METARs. I missed the comment. There was some comment in here about that I thought it was about meters. So that's maybe what the yeah. person was talking about, and I'm sorry. I think I'm... that was uh, Sunrise. He was talking about the <laughs> METARs hurt his brain. <laughs> 
And it is because you get this like, it's just this string of numbers and letters and you have to interpret that out to like, it's cloudy at 2000 feet and it's rain below that and the wind is blowing from 150 degrees at 30 knots, but it's gusting at 25 knots or, you know, but it all comes out in this little tiny line of numbers and letters all strung together and you, you have to know how to interpret that into what it means. For those new to this, again, the mini two is awesome both in aruba and here in my backyard i did a range test on the road go two by taping it to the back of the drone um <laughs> it's it's really cool because you run the app it tells you if you're safe locks into the gps when you get up to about 390 400 it says i'm not going to fly any higher it says hey you're flying in a bad zone you can't fly here you shouldn't you're flying too high at the legal limit and if you do that and you don't fly around people but it's really cool because it really handles all that stuff for you. And you don't have to worry about going out and shooting unless you use your brains. Hey, Kevin, how close can you fly your drone to your camera? <laughs> it was that close. It was about this far away. Probably never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the other reason I really love this drone is it's quiet. People yeah. don't believe me, but I will have this hovering six, seven feet away behind me in my video and then talking to the camera and you can't even hear this. I've had a few people go like, what sort of noise reduction software are you using? How are you getting rid of the drone sound? I'm like, well, it's, it really is just that quiet. Hey, look at this one. Here's a bunch of stuff that Trevor and you know, and I don't. Metarsil 22, blah, 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 blah. What the heck? Heck is all that stuff. <laughs> so that has it has location, that has time, and then it has direction and speed of wind, and then it has visibility information. Is it this has on the test? Information. Yeah, this kind of stuff is on the test. So this is describing the weather at the whatever location he's using there in in all of those those numbers there. This one seven zero zero six KT is the wind is coming from one seventy or one hundred seventy degrees at six knots, and then where it says FEW two seventy, that means there's a few clouds at uh, what is it twenty seven hundred. So yeah, you go through there, you're like, uh, okay, that's the hardest stuff to learn because it's so like, what in the heck is going on? But once you kind of get the you know the cipher, <laughs> you can you can break the code down pretty easy and go, oh okay, I yeah I know what that means. I know. And well, well done on the course. This is a joke. So Jake, when's the, uh, how do I pass the 107 course coming out? <laughs> I have a link for you for that. There's a guy who doesn't, <laughs> I have asked that, I haven't asked that question a few times that I'm like, there are people that are doing such a great job. I don't, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to like try and duplicate what they're doing. And it just, it's, it's a whole nother ball of wax. Cause you are at least in the United States. In Canada, it's even more different. But in the United States, to get the Part 107, you're like doing 90% of the written test to get a private pilot's license. It's kind of dumb because you're flying a drone. It's There's a lot of stuff that doesn't apply to you. But That kind of scares me. But on the other hand, maybe you don't need the data, but you probably learn a lot, right? Oh, yeah. And that's why I encourage people to get it because all, your, your understanding of what's going on around you in the air and you know, your ability to see and, and know what you can and can't do, what's safe and what's not safe, what's allowed and what's not allowed, and where you can fly and where you can't fly. And it just, it really, really opens up a whole new level and a, a much broader horizon of places you can fly. But here's a cool question. I have one eye and was curious how much you guys rely on the sensors preventing collisions. One-eyed drone pilot 
<laughs> Sounds cool, eh, lol? On the Mavic Mini, you don't have obstacle avoidance, correct? That's right. You don't. I always encourage people, don't rely on obstacle avoidance because I've got a, that's over there, but I've got a drone that has, it has six 4K cameras that their whole purpose is to look for obstacles. But even that thing will miss small obstacles like small tree branches, small wires and stuff like that. And so don't rely on obstacle avoidance. It's great and it's it, it will save you from time to time. But if you're relying on it, you're going to have a problem <laughs> sooner or later. You know, you'll, you'll wish you hadn't relied on it 100% because it can fail. Now I'm being serious. Okay, I'm never being serious. But this is actually a cool question. Um, all that info is great to know, but where's the focal length and shutter speed? I am dearly hoping, kind sir, drone guru, I'm dearly hoping at some point you'll come out with an add-on course going from, okay, now you got your drone and you got your basics, you could fly and you got the muscle memory and you know all the terms, that you're going to come out with a lead-on or an add-on course about actually filming with this. Yes. Yeah! And that's, that's the plan. So the plan is next next so that'll be what next year at the rate i'm going because when did you start asking me about this course kevin wasn't it last year some point when i heard about it i think it was no it wasn't uh i know i was, was it, joking with you a lot but january or yeah, something it's, january feels like january. a long time ago january uh, so that was your first <laughs> that, course january february march april may it took you four months so heck the next course should only take you about a month yeah piece of cake <laughs> Well, and because, yeah, actually part of the first course is like setting up the whole back end and the website and then all of that stuff, too, is a whole another ball of wax. But, um, yeah, that my plan is the next course is or the next, you know, add on next steps is um, I probably will do something about really advanced flying. A lot of there's a lot of techniques I use regularly that are um they're more difficult to master and i start on some of them in this course like combining your controls together to create some of the more dynamic shots so I'll go to that but then definitely i want to jump into something about filming and in more in depth on the whole videography and photography side of using drones the way you want to use them kind of the role that they fill in a filming kit that's the plan especially now that it's summer up here and i can film a lot of it outside Sound speeds. This is Alan. Check his channel out, by the way. He's a real life boom operator. Does big movies and TV and stuff like that. And he he's got a great voice. Oh yeah. Every time I hear him talking, I'm like, man, the dude sounds like a voiceover artist. Like he's just got this great right? voice. He he should be a voiceover artist. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. And then Sunrise <laughs> says, actually, that's really important. Listening while flying. No joke. Sunrise, by the way, I've seen some of his videos, and he does that. FPV stuff, which I'm not there. And I get, I'm a noob. I haven't practiced, but I get it up. It's 200 feet. I'm flying and I lose it. Where'd the drone go? I don't know where it is. I start getting a little freaky and I know that's practice, but listening while flying. Talk about that. Especially because manned aviation has the right of way over everything else in the sky. And for good reason, obviously there's people flying around. So listening is super important to know that, you know, if there's an airplane you hear behind you or a helicopter or something like that, that you got to get out of the way of it as fast as possible. And especially here in Alaska, where we have a bazillion small airplanes that are always flying, 
50, 60, 70 to 100 feet off the ground because that's what pilots in Alaska do. And I gotta admit, I do that too. Whenever I'm flying with friends, we're always down really low <laughs> because it's more fun. And uh, But listening is really important to know like, oh man, I got an airplane coming from behind me. I gotta get my, my drone mm. down and out of the way. Especially because up to this point, there have been zero fatal accidents involving drones. There have been incidents where they've collided but none of them have ever turned out really badly, thankfully. Um, but and we want to keep it that way because otherwise, you know, as yeah. soon as one of those things happen is the chance that all of these politicians will jump on to pass a whole bunch of laws and regulations that make everybody else's life, like Sunrise and myself, just way more miserable. In my opinion, that's the reason all these came into effect and hired drones and flying over people because there are, as usual a small segment of people who are being idiots. And they're flying over people and they're flying over stadiums and they're flying by airports. And the government went, whoa, dudes, you're flying by an airport with a drone. What what happens if a plane hits that? That's, hey, yeah. this is a cool comment. Listening for abnormal sounds upon launch, like Jake said. In fact, I was watching his course and I heard an airplane in the background. This is a point I didn't actually think about, but I remember doing. You go... You launch, it hovers. If you hear something weird going on, time to go down. Yep. And you'll appreciate this, Kevin, because you're a musician too. But you know, mm -hmm. when you can hear things that are working in harmony, there's no beats between, there's nothing fighting itself in because it's in harmony, right? When you're playing guitar, if something's out of tune, you can hear it because it fights against the other notes in that chord structure. The same is true with drones. You've got four motors all spinning. And if they don't sound like they're getting along, then something's wrong. You might have a prop that's bent or broken and it's throwing the motor out of balance or something like that. So if you take off and you hear this thing's kind of like making odd but not smooth sounds, figure out why. I clicked into that in Aruba. I was, I just had this. I was flying around, or maybe it was in Florida with my, my brother, who, by the way, major kudos to my bro. Short story, then we'll get back to this question. We were flying. We we're both noobs at this going up over the house i set my bag my drone and everything on the back bumper of one of his kids cars and we're out flying and everything else um his kid went off to work and drove away with the drone 600 bucks 700 bucks drove away i didn't think about it and then i was like no fortunately i had the footage on my phone and i could see him driving away and he took me out in his car we traveled all over the place we called him. He didn't know about it. And we spent about an hour looking for this thing. And fortunately, he's some part of neighborhood Facebooky whatever. And some lady found it in a place we weren't even, yeah, I just had this thing and flew it like twice. Some lady found it and we went and she had it and it was fine. Picked up all the parts because of the bag was open. And I just, I pulled a hundred bucks out of my wallet and tried, she was like, no, no, no. And I gave it to her. Shout out to the bro for that. This is Dave, Post Color Gear. My goal is just going to be able to train my brain to flip the controls in my head with the drone facing me. This is one of the things that Jake covers in his course. And when I was watching, I was like, aha. You could go, okay, fine. Yeah, you fly this way and you train your brain and you fly the other way and you train your brain. I'm not going to say there's more to it. Yeah, I am. There's more to it. Go take the course. <laughs> he has a section in his course about that. Captain Jack, now that the remote ID rule has been passed, does that mean your old drone needs additional equipment to comply with the law? 
Not yet. We have a few years before any old drones have to be retrofitted with equipment that has yet to be invented or created. So <laughs> that's there's government for you. Uh, do this, and there's no way to do it yet. Technically, now I'm certified to fly over people, except for that I have to put propeller guards on this, and the drone still has to weigh under 249 grams, which this is not possible yet with any drones that are on the market. So if I'm doing the math right, or it might be December 23 before we have to comply with old drones. But by then, this will be so antiquated. The same reason that Apple releases a new iPhone every year is because it's the latest and greatest and it does everything more and better and faster. And the thing is like manufacturers, their drones have to start complying. New drones they're selling have to start complying the end of next year. And this actually already has the technology on it to be compliant. It just as a matter of turning it on, um, which would be a firmware update and stuff like that. And the other one that they released this year, the Air 2S, same thing. It has everything already ready to go built into it. It's just a matter of turning it on. Here's an interesting question. Can you make a drone flip? I'm talking to Kevin, not Jake. I know Jake can. I have no idea. It seems stupid that you would want to do this, but is it possible that this thing, you could make it flip or even worse, that it would flip by itself in some way, because I would just flip out. <laughs> uh, no, these these yes. drones are not designed to flip. So if it does flip, there's going to be problems, uh, other problems, <laughs> like way too much wind <laughs> or something like that. Now these drones, that's what they're built for. I they can do acrobatics and all kinds of stuff. And I am going to do a course about learning to fly FPV drones because I've had a yeah. lot of people ask me that. And it is great fun. You can get these little ones that are this big. You can fly them around inside your house and crash all day long, and it's fine. They just bounce off the walls and keep going. But uh, the first few months that I was learning to fly FPV, I was flying with these, and one of the little ones like this, they're like this big. And me and a buddy would be racing around a gymnasium, a basketball gymnasium that I've got access to in the winter. And we would get done flying, and both of us would be in our chairs like this. <laughs> Because we would have been flying around in circles, you know, going left, and the whole world had been tilted. And so neither one of us ever actually quite fell out of our chairs, but man, we came close. And there was a lot of times where I was like learning to do rolls or flips or loops where I was like, oh, I better sit down while I'm doing this, or I am going to sit down, but it's not going to be very fun. I saw some of your videos on Twitter and stuff where you're flying through this gymnasium, another one, you're flying through this. I think there was one in the house or something like that. Um, yep. where you're flying. I mean, these things are fast. I, they're tiny. They're this, they're this big, but they'll go 34, 30, 40 miles an hour, you know, 30 to 40 miles an hour. And, and when you're doing that, like you think, oh, basketball gymnasium, that's fairly large, but at 40 miles an hour, that space gets really <laughs> small, really fast. My favorite thing to do is we would fly around cause there's like doors on each side and we'd fly around the doors through the hallway and back in the other doors. And then he and I would sit apart from each other, just inside of one of the doors. And so we'd come and we'd fly right between ourselves, going as fast as we possibly could, because why not? It's the most existential, surreal, out of this world experience when you see your own head coming at you <laughs> and you know you're gonna hit yourself and then you feel it hit yourself in the back of your head while you're watching. It's just this weird, bizarre, out of body experience. You're like, oh, there's me. Oh, this is gonna hurt. And then you, you know. <laughs> And I mean, fortunately, they don't like, I mean, it's, they're just, they're nothing. They're so small. They just bounce off of you. And it's just kind of like, oh, what? Yeah, that, that was my head that I was looking at. Yep, that's okay. Captain Jack, 
you probably can't do this, or maybe you can. Bring out your largest drone. It I... would take me like 30 seconds to go grab it. Do you want to rant on something while I go grab it? Well, maybe I'll answer this question, and why don't you go grab it. Any advice on starting creating a portfolio in order to get the job I want? I have editing skills also, which I know will help. The job you want as a video editor? Yeah, I would make YouTube videos, or I would go over to... Vimeo, which seems like it's slowly dying. Just post stuff showing off your editing skills. Or if you're a really good editor, make video editing tutorials and stuff like that. And watch out on Twitter. There are occasionally posts where somebody says, hey, job, so-and-so wants a video editor. They need it. I assume you're talking about creating a portfolio as a video editor. It's worth it or not. Hey. He's going to be on next week, and he's going to talk about what it's like to run a review channel, and that's going to be fun. If you use the battery from the China version of the Mini 2, it will still be under 250 grams with prop guards. I, I don't know if that's a question or a statement. I don't know. It was, it was a statement because this is the only drone right now you could legally fly over people if it has prop guards. The problem is the US version is a little heavier than the China version, I guess. So with the China version, you can put on the prop guards and you could fly over people because the batteries are lighter or smaller or something like that. Oh, is that right? The US one is 249. It's actually less. I've weighed this and it comes in at like two, mine comes in at 230 something. Oh. You, it should be good. If you put the prop guards on and you're still under 249, then you could, I could fly over people, which is, Pretty cool. Andre made a video which was interesting. I didn't know about this. That if you leave your batteries in here and in the charging unit, there's a problem with those and they can discharge. I sent that to my brother. He's like, oh, cool video. I didn't know that. And apparently they're going to do a firmware update to handle that. Enough of that because I want to see this thing. Whoa. <laughs> so this is this is my largest drone. I built this. This is built to carry uh, red. This is the red Komodo, so this fits on here nicely and flies at speeds up to, but not exceeding, 99 miles an hour. Because if I exceeded 99 miles an hour, that would be illegal, and I don't do that. Really? But but this will. I have flown this uh, so far. I think the fastest I've flown is about 89 miles an hour. There's a um, speed limit for drones. Yes, uh, but you can go faster. You just have to apply for a waiver and, you know, fill out form wow. 3,216 in triplicate and wait six to nine months for somebody to get back to you and all of that. But you, yeah. Look at that thing. Is that eight props? Yes, it's eight, eight inch <laughs> propellers and eight motors that go really fast. And it sounds really, really angry when it takes off because it just has this aggressive sound to it. It's a little terrifying. So I put this one. This is the Mavic Mini. I put this one on. This is fly like, was it 24? I think it's 36 miles yeah. an hour and whatever super speed mo. I don't know. That's plenty fast, dude, in my opinion. <laughs> And you're putting a red camera on it, and that's not like a two-ounce camera. No. So I think total with the red, like I've carried, I put a five or six, five, seven-pound dumbbell on this and flown it around just to test wow. how much weight it could handle, and it flew okay. Typically, like three, three pounds-ish is the sweet spot. That's a Komodo with a lens and batteries and stuff like that. And if you see some of Jake's videos, he did some stuff for Caterpillar. Yep. He did some indoor stuff and flew through engines and did all this crazy stuff. The dude knows what he's talking about, which I really appreciated taking your course because I want to take a course from someone who knows all about it and went into the basics and the simplistics of, hey, this is how you do this. 
This is what it's about. Here's how you get launched, etc. That's a great course, man. I know I'm talking about that a lot. Go ahead. Can I show a video, Kevin? Yeah, I should be able to. Oh, cool. Go. Okay, so this is, and I can show this now because Caterpillar started releasing the videos of this, but this is me flying this red camera on the big FPV drone indoor for a Caterpillar uh, shoot that they did. Holy what? And this is just the raw video. You know, it's not like finessed yeah. or stabilized or anything like that but look at that if people are listening to this as a podcast later it's just he's flying through this is more fpv this is this is what i was doing was they would run this whole obstacle course and then i would follow them after they got to this truck and and they would drive through the rest of the course wow it's really exciting when you're flying an expensive drone that has <laughs> no stabilization at all around a bunch of really expensive lighting and trusses and equipment that <laughs> Like, yeah, do this, but don't hit anything because we don't want to damage, obviously don't want to damage anything. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. Sure. I will try to do that. And I didn't. I didn't crash once. And a couple of the big weeds at Caterpillar came up to me afterward. The fact they were like, man, I can't believe you didn't hit anything the whole entire, because I had to fly that like 50 times, I think. Look at that. Just gather shots of these guys as they were coming through to the finish line. You're listening to this later on a podcast. He is on this huge set, giant tractors all over, and flames are coming up, and sparklers, and girders, and he's flying through all this stuff. I guess, I don't know anything about this, you're not sitting there with, ooh, obstacle avoidance. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was me with a pair of these uh and and oh, and man. shaky fingers on the controls trying not wow. to run into things but also capture good footage that's incredible so. rc helicopter can not only flip but hover upside down my brother many years ago used to do rc helicopters nope wilderness hiker asked if he could see the drone with the red so that was the footage i was just showing you but this is the drone wow man first version skynet right <laughs> It looks really mean, doesn't it? Whoa, look at that. Oh, look at that. Now, you build these yourself? Yeah, so these ones, the FPV drones, uh, nobody's really built them commercially until real recently. So all of the FPV drones I have, I built built and programmed myself, which is wow. a whole nother ball of wax. That um, is incredible. Hey, we're at an hour, and I'm trying to be good. Let's do this one more time. If you are not already like a drone flyer, or if you just want to throw some coins at Jake, which you should because he's awesome. If you're an existing drone pilot and you're up and down, you're left and right, you got all that stuff, and you can fly through stuff, and you understand all the terms and the circular blah blah and all that stuff, you could take the course to support Jake or maybe refresh. If you're thinking about a drone, I suggest, this is just me, you pick up maybe the Mini 2 or whatever you want, whatever brand you want, take the course and go. Jake, thank you again for being on the stream. I really, really appreciate it. Thank everybody else for being on both these streams and your questions. I learned a lot. Next week, we're going to have Andre from Worth It or Not. He's going to be discussing what it's like to run a review channel. That's what he does. And we'll do my little outro thing because apparently people like this.